There we go. Hey. Hello. Well, I'm on cloud nine right now. <laughs> that was awesome. We just did, uh, we, we were able to sex that. So sexfully happy. we were able to successfully perform a science experiment we were able to make a cloud chamber and see particles worked exactly as advertised fantastic we have a jar full of dry ice here which is at minus 50 degrees 44 I had to get a 50 earlier yeah I think it did 58 there you go yeah and there's plenty of more dry ice because I had to buy 25 pounds of it. So smell it, you know. You get that burning. We <laughs> weren't supposed to inhale everything. <laughs> he just burned his nose with the carbo- carbonic acid. Yeah. People say that carbon dioxide doesn't have an odor. People are wrong. It has something. It's not so much an odor, right? Because it's more of a... It's not an olfactory. It's yeah, a, it's a... It's a... It's a well... I mean, it's like capsaicin has a taste, right? Eh, sort of. Yeah. It's a it's a burn. It's a it's a reaction mm-hmm. that your body right. has to it. But yeah, the um... <coughs> excuse me. So explain your cloud chamber. So I, I think I explained it last time, but I'll try it again. The cloud chamber is a basically a turned fish tank. That has felt on the bottom, uh, and the bottom is now the top, right? And the felt is saturated in alcohol. So it goes on top of a plate or a piece of metal. <laughs> Jeff is pushing his church key against the uh, against the dry ice, which is causing causing it to sublimate and push against the. The metal, right? Well, it's it, also causing the metal to cool rapidly, and so that's causing creating a sound. Well, I think it's I think because there's such a temperature differential, right? It's causing much gas to sublimate, and that's what's pushing the metal off. So when I push it down, it's pushing back, right? And right. Vibrating. But you're pushing down. You're also so as it as it cools, it won't be pushing back as hard, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but you're also vibrating the metal, and that's causing. If I push real hard, it doesn't vibrate right. right. So anyway, <laughs> where was so, so the instead of wax, I have dry ice. To play I know with. it's <laughs> terrible. Don't give Jeff toys. Uh, so at the bottom there there is a a plate, a metal plate, and the the fish tank goes on top of it. And then we actually put some weights in the fish tank so it's sealed. And the plate is on top of dry ice. It's on top of about uh, what ten pounds of dry ice. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So. The metal is very cold. The top, the top of the box is room temperature. Alcohol wants to evaporate at room temperature, and it starts to fall down. And it gets to the plate, and it really wants to turn into a liquid and also goes through that state change. So it turns into these particles of alcohol. Uh, because it's so cold, it's like when you're outside in... Um, in the winter, you breathe out and your water vapor condenses. And the reason why that happens is because it's, the air is too cold to hold that water vapor. So that's a sublimate out. So you're getting that situation where the alcohol wants to be a bit liquid, but it's actually sublimating out because it's too cold at the bottom. After a while, as more and more of this happens, you start to get these this basically 
enough particles to essentially form a, a not very dense fog. Mm-hmm. And then if you shine light onto it in the right way, if you just do it, if you just looked at it in the bright lights, you wouldn't really see anything. You have to shine a light kind of tangentially on them so it will shine off mm-hmm. all the little particles. You do that, you'll start to see after, what, about 10 minutes or so, uh, enough buildup that when, whenever charged particles go through there, they will ionize some of the gas. And when they do that, the gas sort of clumps around them. Mm-hmm. So as they move to the gas, it clumps around it in this sort of in these streaks. Some of them move very right. straight. Some of them kind of swirl, and those are the different types of charged particles that are moving through. Yeah, yeah. Basically, you have an even distribution of um, alcohol vapor falling down to the uh, the plate, and yeah, as a particle goes through, they kind of all move towards where the particle's trail was, right? So there's a denser little contrail. Um, that's basically what it is. It's pretty cool. I got a couple on video. Um, Craig might, I don't know if the second, the slow motion one didn't work so well, <laughs> but maybe that first one you could vine or something. Yeah. I'll see. I'll see what I can do. Uh, but it's awesome. I mean, if <laughs> I think we're going to try it again by cleaning the uh, tank a little bit because we, we yeah. just put it on dirty and we were still able to see it, but lots of fingerprints and yeah. smudges and all kinds of gunk. But it really didn't take long for, for it to, work exactly as advertised really mm-hmm. so that's awesome do you think the dry ice is uh safe for food preparation and stuff i think it is yes it's not like having like oil and stuff in it or anything like that no i mean they they um they sell dry ice the, the place i to <coughs> say use it you can use it for food preparations okay. those things so because I just threw a little piece of my water here and was watching it skip around the top of the water it was mm-hmm. just a little flake right it was skittering across the water and i'm like hmm Hope there's not any like industrial solvents in there or anything <laughs> like that. <coughs> they also refill um, carbon dioxide tanks mm-hmm. there. So yeah, yeah. I you know I, I was like I wouldn't know didn't know how much it was going to cost. So I was wondering you know, how much I was going to get and like how mm-hmm. I started asking you know how much would I need if I wanted to last because got a Friday I wanted to last two days. I said uh, so I was thinking I was thinking like ten pounds. Oh, we only sell it in twenty five or less or twenty five or more. I was like oh okay. 25 pounds, how much is that? 18 bucks. Oh, okay. <laughs> you were expecting a lot more? Yeah, I, I, I didn't know, right? Right. So, yeah, 18 bucks for... And, and then the, the rest of the equipment was various... Uh, the glass started vibrating there for a second. <laughs> the The fish tank was 10 bucks. The, the big plastic thing we put in was 10 bucks. The metal plate was 5. Glue gun was 7. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It'd be neat if, like, I'm thinking maybe if we put a black backing on one side of the tank, right? And then get it lit properly. You can use, like, right now you could only really see the trails in the bottom, like, two inches of the tank in a certain part right in front of the light, you know? Right. And if you got it lit properly, you might have more or less a full tank's worth of viewing area. And that would be pretty spectacular if you could see that many yeah. th- particles going through. But I'm probably going to leave the stuff here with Jeff because Jeff has room for it and um, he can do, he can, his kids were entertained by the dry ice and the dry ice won't be done by today. Mm-hmm. But I'll just, I'll pick up more dry ice another time and we'll, we'll play around with it some yeah. more. Yeah, they were, uh, they were enjoying the dry ice. We did the, the basic experiments, right? 
put it in water and all the sm- thick smoke comes off. Mm-hmm. I guess that's that's vapor, right? That's um, right. It, it's it's carbon dioxide coming off, and I think it's it's cooling rapidly. Um, it's probably no, condensing. I mean, it's, it's probably yeah, condensing yeah. humidity out of the air. Right. Right. So. Right. I don't know. Wait. So it's coming off. I mean, carbon dioxide should be invisible. Because right now it's coming off, and there's no, much, not much appreciable. Yeah. If you pour it out, you'll see a little bit of smoke coming off of it, right? Right. But. Uh, yes, yeah, so that's probably water vapor. It's probably water vapor condensing. Mm-hmm. And so the more carbon dioxide you have coming out, the carbon dioxide is going to come out very cold, and it's going to condense water Oops. vapor around. That wasn't dry ice. That was water ice. <laughs> And so was that one. <laughs> I threw a couple pieces into my uh, glass, but no, they're just water ice. This is dry ice. Well, yeah, so I, was, I wanted a little flake, just so it would get her across my water glass like before. Craig's going to get frostbite. Well, if you, if you keep it moving, it's yeah, fine. I know. Oh, there's a chunk. <laughs> it's funny, it kind of made a bubble and like popped. Yeah. Fun stuff to play with and really not that dangerous as long as you're take I mean, some modicum of right. Care. You have to worry a tiny bit about frostbite, but like I picked a piece up earlier and it kind of stuck my skin a little bit, but nothing too nothing worrisome. Yeah, like I'm you know I'm just taking a piece right now and I have a piece and I'm just tossing it between my hands and I'm fine. I'm even holding it for mm-hmm. a little, like a second or yeah. so. As long as you keep it moving. You'll be fine. Right. And don't get wet. <laughs> I think that's part of the reason it sucked my skin, right? Because there was water. Mm-hmm. And it froze the water to my skin. So, fun stuff. So, what else happened? Put on my. Or turn off the screensaver so I can keep watching the screen there. Um, uh, the, the stuff. Interesting Twitter events happening. Oh. <laughs> Twitter Fight Friday. Yeah. Um, I tweeted about. Have we talked much about Pittsburgh Craft Beer Network? I'm not sure. I don't think that we Just really personally. have. Yeah. Um, this guy. Uh, Jason is making a, or had made a whole big deal about how he's making this. I don't know if he made a big, he, he made a big he deal himself. the hell out of the countdown to the launch of Pittsburgh Craft Beer Network. Right. Like, well, reasons we will get into, you can now know, you know, now seeing the way he is. You know, his plan was drive up the hype, and so there's a crowd waiting to get into his website the day he launches, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so there was, like, countdowns and all kinds of hype around the launch of Pittsburgh Craft Beer Network. Now, I didn't really see much of this. I, I um, You told you were the one who showed me about it, but I'm not, I'm not following, like, the Pittsburgh Craft Beer scene so much. Right. Yeah, no, but it was like huge hype. Like, what is this going to be? You know, and uh, it launches, and it's it's a blog, not even a blog. It's mostly 
a blog where he just posts about beer tastings around town. Right. He, it's a it's a kind of right now anyway a, a pretty poorly implemented uh, calendar of events for various Pittsburgh pubs. Yeah. With links to various articles that are posted. And most of these uh, blog posts are really poorly written. Let's be honest. Uh, he linked to... The, hmm, trying to get this one article, because it wasn't here. I think it was on his... He has he has several blogs, so I saw on his Twitter that he linked to, it, to mm-hmm. that blog. He has Breaking Brews. Breaking Brews, that's what it was. So let me go to Breaking Brews, and I'll, I'll read you what... Stuck in my craw. Breaking bruise. Okay. First of all, the title. The 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 in quote title of the mm-hmm. blog. Breaking bruise. Shattering the limits of beer enjoyment. <laughs> I'd like to know what that means, because I have no idea. Shattering the limits of beer enjoyment. I mean, I can tell you what it's supposed to mean, right? I, I don't even know, right? I mean, you can tell me a, an interpretation that might be right. <laughs> but it's not at all clear that that's what it means. But yeah, okay, tell me what your interpretation is. Interpretation is that with this information, the level at which you'll be able to enjoy beer... Which has apparently a limit. ...will be far beyond... The limit that you presupposed. This blog is making you, giving you the ability to enjoy beer on a level that is beyond your previously comp- thought impossible. Yeah. Okay. Very, very much in this guy's style. <laughs> I think something <laughs> to a point where, really? Uh, and the article was. What does 2015 hold for craft beer? Uh, and, and so I first started looking at it, and what, what was the first thing that bugged me about it? The, the slogan? <laughs> the subtitle? <laughs> we are nearly a month into the new year, and with the momentum craft beer gained in 2014 is showing little sign of slowing down. This is on BreakingBrews.com. What does 2014 hold for craft beer? 2015 hold for craft beer. Um, talk for a second. I did. <laughs> okay, Greg's looking for. So, how did it start? It was um. Greg found a quote, much like that initial one, which like said that the growth of craft beer can only be substantiated with. Continued education or something like that, right? Um, and, okay, he, this is this is the line. This isn't what, what bugged me first about it, but I read this point. And I was like, "What the hell?" Okay, as demand grows, comma, one thing that is crucial to the substantiation of craft beer is the education that keeps the people coming. That's it. First of all. <laughs> Crucial to the substantiation of craft beer. Look, it's right in front of me. It's substantiated. 
Substantiation means to exist in reality. Crucial to the substantiation of craft beer? Well, isn't it the to substantiate the growth? Or? No, it's crucial to the substantiation of craft beer. Not the growth of craft beer. Not crucial to, the, yeah. to sustaining the so growth of craft, craft beer. So as craft beer grows... See, it, if he said if it was his sustaining the growth of craft beer, then it would have made a little bit more sense. But he said substantiation because I think he liked to use a $10 word and didn't even know what he meant. Again, I'm not a, I'm not against people using language, uh, you know, in new ways. But the whole point of that is other people are using it, so that's where it comes from. The culture moves this way. You don't you don't get the ability to just make up language on your own with words that have nothing to do with what you're saying and just say, oh, people will get it. It's close to that. That's not how it works. Mm-hmm. And I can, and I, I understand if he's not, you know, if he has has not a lot of writing, he's get just getting started. This is a guy who has a has a YouTube video about how he's a master of arts. Uh, you know, he has a bachelor degree and a master's degree in liberal arts. You shouldn't write a sentence like that. Craft <laughs> um, uh, beer is the. Ed- the one thing that is crucial to the substantiation of craft beer. So let's see. As demand grows, let's interpret this. As demand grows, so demand for craft beer is growing. One thing that is crucial to sustaining the growth of craft beer. Well, demand is already growing. So, okay. Well, so the only way I could, so the way I interpreted this sentence mm-hmm. was, and it doesn't say it, but the I think what he wanted to say was more so to continue the rate of growth. Right. To sustain the rate of growth. We need to educate. Yes. Education is a key part of that yeah. to keep bringing people into the market. Yeah. I agree with that set sentence and that sentiment. The way it is phrased here uh-huh. is absurd. Uh-huh. <laughs> so that's what I said. I, I, you know, I tweeted out what, what the hell does it even mean? So let's go through the <laughs> the responses <laughs> that I got to that. Uh because you know I told Jeff if he were were to go and say to me it means I need to proofread more. I would have had a ton of respect for him right off the bat. Cuz cuz it would have been okay, yeah, he has a sense of humor about himself. He knows he's he's starting out. Mm-hmm. Instead he tries to rigorously defend it. Uh, I get it, you're attacked, you try to defend. So I'm not like I'm not trying to nail the guy to the cross or anything here. I'm just saying, just I'm explaining what happened so everybody knows. Mm-hmm. Uh, he responded to me, there's a lot of beer out there. He's, he's explaining what, what he means. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of beer out there, and those brand new to craft beer don't know a lot about it. I've had convos, as I'm sure you have, where someone has no idea what an IPA is, for example. So the idea is to provide some background for the novice craft beer drinker and point them to some great bars, breweries, bottle shops that talk well about the beers and help people get into them. I have thoughts about this, but I'll keep going. He kept going. The education isn't the only element, but it helps someone who believes Miller Lite is the greatest thing on Earth. I'm in the process of making this project better for anyone to help craft beer in the spotlight in Pittsburgh. Um, 
that's, yeah. that's it. That's it, yeah. Get the feeling like I'm stepping on your toes, man. The way I see it, more folks talking craft beer, the better. Well, <laughs> okay. okay. So, let's see. So, let's, uh, let's decompress the first part. Uh, he wants to educate people about what things like IPAs are, etc., and show them to different beer bars and stuff like that. Yeah, sure. I mean, I think having a resource for that sort of thing is a good idea, but that's also, you don't jump at somebody who's a Miller Lite drinker and say, drink this IPA. Also, Miller Lite drinker. Who Someone who, is, who thinks Miller Lite is the greatest thing on earth is not a craft beer drinker. Is not a reading your blog? Yeah. Is not... Yes, is is not someone who trying to extol the virtues of IPA on is not the right attitude. I mean, the right method, if you even think it's worth trying to convert this person. Right. Um, so, yeah, someone... He works in what he's actually doing. I want to point people to bottle shops and bars... Because this guy is the it just everything I see, it does not look like. Sure, he likes beer, right? But he's not in this to do his blog for ten years with no acclaim, because he loves doing his blog. Right. He's looking for the cash. He's he's looking to he's looking to sell um, sell shovels, but he's not doing it in a very good way. I think. Uh, no, I'm not, I don't feel like he's stepping on my toes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you've, you've been critical with him a couple times on Twitter, right? Yes. So he, you know, we haven't had the opportunity to talk with him. Right. Should you call him up right now? <laughs> Do you want to? <laughs> no. <laughs> you should let him know, <clears throat> maybe. I did, I did say I'd like, I'd like to discuss with him, and I may call him tomorrow or something, but, um, yeah, I... <laughs> I'm not I'm not attacking him because I feel like he's a threat. <laughs> I'm attacking him because I feel like he's it, because it's making me, me put my fist on my head and go god no don't, just just stop. You, well, you know there's a reason I started this podcast, yeah, right? Cuz yeah. Screw Tops was doing a disservice to craft beer. Right. And I won't flat out say this guy's doing a disservice to craft beer, but there's elements of what he's doing that shares that sentiment. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. So my response to him, let's see if I can pull up my response. Where am I? Here I am. Tweets. Tweets and replies. Okay. So my response was, he said, he said I remember he said that he didn't want to step on my toes. He said, it's not my toes I'm worried about, it's my brain. You want to promote craft beer? Great. You want to write about it? Fantastic. Write stuff that makes sense. Don't try to gild the lily and write unintelligible, impenetrable prose. I figured that was... <laughs> I like what you did there where you used a couple $10 words <laughs> back at them. I mean, my point was, if you're going to use these big words, use them right. Mm-hmm. Or use them in, in a way that is accepted by other people, that other people aren't going to look at and be like, what the hell does this mean? And you can read, even though I'm using $10 words, maybe, you know what it means. Okay, so then he responds back. This is where he starts to get combative. Um, and again, 
I'm not exactly being being Mr. Nice Guy here. So, you know, where give credit where it's due. At CVR Greg noted, you make it very apparent you've never read anything else I've ever written. But that's fine. That's not true. Here's the deal, Professor. Your stuff, my stuff, your opinion, my opinion. It's all subjective. You don't like it? So he's going the presuppositionless route. (laughs) (laughs) If you don't like it, don't read it. If you don't like it, don't don't read it, actually, he says. (laughs) Because it's split apart in two tweets. If you feel it's unintelligible, as you put it, that's fine, and you're entitled to your opinion, so just tune it, dot, 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 out, on different tweets. Um, So my response to him was, Professor, aren't you the one with the Bachelor and Master of Arts degrees? Proofread your work. Don't publish a first draft. (laughs) I didn't see that one. (laughs) (laughs) Uh... And then he said back to me, <laughs> I've never posted a first draft ever. If you want to provide feedback, I'm more than willing to listen to and apply it, but there are tactful ways to do it. The way you did it was obviously with some sort of agenda. Uh, so my response to him was first, uh, I was trying to do another thing. I, I said, I would think of a social media mastermind. That's how he describes himself as a social media mastermind would have a sense of humor about themselves uh, when he said, um, uh, if you were more willing to listen, if you, if you have feedback, I'm more than willing to listen to apply to it. I responded to him, good, let's find the time to get together and talk. Because I'd like to help. And he said, deal with that. But then with his tactful thing, I was like, tactful, this is Twitter, not the New York Times. No agenda other than imploring craft beer promoters to be less sloppy. That's all I want. Be less sloppy. Take some care into what you're doing. I don't mind you trying to make money off craft beer. That's fine. Other people are doing it. Believe me. I get it. Just don't be sloppy about it. It's gross. It's... (laughs) Uh, And then, to the sloppy thing, he said, so this whole thread of tweets is is because of a typographical error? (laughs) To to which I responded, if you call the consistent mutilation of grammar and and incomprehensible sentences and phrases a typographical error, then yes. <laughs> uh, so to finish the conversation, he said, well, then I apologize. Strong words for someone with, without an agenda. And I responded to him, like I said, it's Twitter, not a lot of room for nuance. I'm not your enemy. And he said, you know, okay. Okay, blah, blah. I, I would hope not, considering outside of these small Twitter exchanges, we've never interacted. I'm sure we both, at the end, want the same outcome at the end of the day. So, yeah, I mean, I think we've reached an understanding. I still want to talk to the guy, get him to know that I'm not, like, <laughs> I don't desperately want him dead and I th- or, 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 like, feel that he's he's in my way or anything. I just want him to, to, if he's going to try to promote craft beer in Pittsburgh, I think it's a laudable thing to do. I'd like him to be a lot less sloppy about it. Mastermind. Social, Master, media. social media mastermind, yeah. Yeah, I think that, you know, another thing that bugs me is, is people, when people are either disingenuous uh, or they are way too 
way too overinflated about what about themselves for the because that that is disingenuous. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's disingenuous stuff that I dislike, and uh, it seems to me the stuff he's been putting out has has reeked of being disingenuous. I don't know for sure. That's that story. Yeah, he uh, definitely got defensive. Mm-hmm. Really defensive, right quick. I mean, we—I've been called out, you know, on tweets before, or, or like mm-hmm. from, from other radio stations, and I never—I don't ever remember getting that defensive about things. Yep. Then again, you know, this is this is a hobby. I don't have as much to lose. Right. So. Let's see. Add a couple things here. Maybe not. These were all from last week. Oh golly! What else you got? Uh, did you read that edge.org article no, I sent yet. you? I will. I still have it up. I just haven't read it yet. It's really, really um, very pretty way of looking into. Um, I'd actually like to read it. But uh, maybe I'll read, maybe to the post show and read it then. Okay. But I think it's it's a it's not it's not long. It's a really great essay on um, a sort of philosophical attempt to explain uh, reality and something that I pretty that I agree with almost completely. Okay. The boy who went to heaven lied. Shocker. The boy that went to heaven lied. Yes, he did. Oh, I had a... One of them, right? I mean, <laughs> there are plenty of boys who went to heaven. Well, the one this that, one to heaven came back and wrote a book about it. He lied. There were a couple of those, too. Remember, <laughs> there, there was a movie... There was an, there was one movie made about this guy. There was another movie recently called Heaven is Surreal. That was another kid. Uh, okay. So this is a, d- a different kid. It was so funny. I was reading on Facebook um, someone who you know friends with friends right and uh her thread got like 120 replies and like it was all whole kooky religious people and one thread that keep coming back kept coming back is that the the book publisher mm-hmm. should have fact checked the story before publishing yeah. it Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Should have fact-checked the story. This is the world we live in. Uh, that, thread, that thread kept coming back. It must have been some talking point on some yeah. media or a church or something, right? Yeah. They, what are you going to fact-check it against? The Bible, of course. Oh no, that was part of the discussion, right? No, I'm sure, yeah. And then there was someone who was a little bit sane saying, uh, what are you going to fact check the Bible against? <laughs> I mean, how many different denominations are there of just of Christianity alone that all look at the Bible and interpret the Bible differently? And you want to fact check against it? It's not like there's some... It's, it's, <laughs> 
There's no version of the Bible that's just like this is the this is the one version everything can change. Mm-hmm. There's no standard kilogram for the Bible. Right. Uh there's a thing on Science Friday this week about trying to you know, the effectiveness of changing people's minds mm-hmm. and um you know, a certain point there's a certain like the precept type thing, right? Where, you know, or or maybe precept is the right word, but you know, person who calls into Science Friday and says, I'm not going to get, get my kids vaccinated because of this or that. And then, like, the doctor who's on gives them, you know, proof that she's asking for. It's like, I don't believe that. Right. You know, that kind of thing, right? It, it, and, it's weird because being direct actually hurts your cause. Mm-hmm. It, it makes it so that it, it gives people a way to... The brain has sort of defense mechanism where, where it just... It, it ignores that completely. It it, it counts that uh, in their favor instead of yours. Mm-hmm. So you can't just spout out facts. It doesn't work like that. And then, so like, they were talking about this research from these two researchers about this. And like, one guy had um, people go door to door and talk about gay rights. And they had gay people do it and straight people do it. Mm-hmm. And like, the gay people was actually more effective, right? Because it carried more weight or something. Yeah, And... Um, then they actually they played a story from like 2008 where um, this lady about the vaccination right she was pretty eloquent but you know just shut build up that wall about not believing any proof that vaccines are safe right and then they play that you know talking about it and they take a call from a dude who doesn't think GMO food is safe and it's the same thing so mm-hmm. Iris stops him and says is there any amount of proof that would convince you that now you can't ask this person a qu- that question because they will think that there's proof, they just will never don't want to see mm-hmm. it, right? And uh, he's like, but then he starts going off, I'm a journalist, and this, you know, like, and then he starts talking conspiracy and like big government and big pharma or big ag, and, and they kind of just tuned him out. It was, yeah. Um, I mean, here, here's the thing like, if I'm asked that question, is there any amount of evidence that, that will make you change your mind? Uh, absolutely there is. Uh, I've done it in the past. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's, it's not, <laughs> it, 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 let's say you are a hardcore Christian and you're talking to me and you present to me, uh, excellent evidence that what was in the Bible is true. I'm probably not going to believe that during that conversation. However, if that gets corroborated and that evidence you know, becomes clear and it it, uh, it gets accepted and it gets confirmed and more and more things happen to confirm it, then, yeah, I'm going to believe it. Right. I mean, I, I'm not going to believe something right away. I'm not going to be instantly changed um, by an argument. That's extraordinarily rare that something like that happens. Because in, in your mind, what you're doing is when you're when you're talking about arguments, you're building up a model in your mind, you're running it. Uh, you're building up these simulacrums, and uh, and so if someone introduces something in there that that will mess with the way it works, you can find a way to justify how that doesn't work. But then, uh, if it just keeps making more sense, and your model keeps failing, then you have to adjust something. Uh, so yes, there absolutely you can change my mind. I'm not going to probably believe it at first, but if it holds up, I will believe it. Right. 
So that is how I wish everybody was. Not everybody's like that. <laughs> right, right. Well, yeah. I, I don't want to say I wish everybody was like that because variety makes the world better. If everybody was like me. It'd be intolerable. Yeah, oh God. And impenetrable. <laughs> there's nobody I both love and hate more than myself (laughs) (laughs) I know all of my failings intimately so yeah should we move on yeah let's move on drink some beer go watch some let's get drunk and then let's go watch the cloud chamber yeah get drunk and watch some clouds (laughs) 